aren't you thankful that he holds the keys, the keys of death and hell, and he has set us free. And anyone is set free who will call upon his name. Well, let's look tonight at Galatians 5. We continue our look at the fruit of the Spirit, and tonight we talk about peace. And as we have uh, said in each of these messages, the first two, that the fruit of the Spirit is singular, right? It's not, these are not like spiritual gifts, so these are not, some people have some of these things and other people have others. No, this is saying the Holy Spirit who lives in you, lives in me as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is at work to produce all of these characteristics in all of us, in every Christian. And so this is what the Spirit will produce in your life if, if, you're, if he's allowed to have his way. That's the thing. And so as we submit ourselves to him and cooperate with him, these characteristics, this fruit will grow ever more evident in your life and in mine. And so follow with me. I'm going to read beginning back at verse 16 just to set the context again of chapter 5, Galatians 5. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so Paul is urging, or the writer here, uh, Paul, was urging these Christians to walk in the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit of God, live your life as if the Spirit lives in you. And that's, that's what he is urging for every Christian. Our walk, the way we live our life, that's what the Bible means when it talks about your walk, your pattern of living should be consistent with the profession of your faith. So to say, I belong to Jesus, but then your life look like that first list instead of the second list is not consistent. The fruit of the Spirit should be what is evident in our lives. Now, does that mean we're always going to perfectly reflect that? Obviously not. We're not in heaven yet. We're not We're not sinlessly perfected yet in this world we all as christians still struggle with the presence of sin in this world but when people stand back and look at your life 
as a Christian, your life ought to look like the fruit of the Spirit, more, certainly more than it looks like the lust of the flesh. I mean, that's the bottom line. And Paul is saying the Spirit is at work to produce this in your life. So we come to the third of the statements or characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and then peace. Just what is peace? Just defining peace in the minds of people can be difficult. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is at work to produce peace in your life. The world is searching for peace. You, you hear the word peace used all the time, don't you? But only Jesus can give real peace, lasting peace. A modern understanding of peace is an absence of war and trouble. That's what some people think that's all peace is. Pagan philosophers of the past offered suggestions concerning how to find peace, the pathway to peace. The peace they describe is more negative, though, in nature than positive. Some philosophers suggested that to find peace, a person had to eliminate desire, to cultivate a detachment from things. So the only way to find peace in life is just to detach yourself from everything. Some scholars suggested that to find peace, a person has to avoid personal, emotional involvement. And there are people in our world who are like that. They're afraid of any kind of attachment emotionally to anybody. And so they just isolate themselves. And emotionally, they don't want to be connected to anybody because there might be an absence of peace. But there's also an absence of meaning many times, isn't there? An absence of joy, an absence of love. And so peace is not just at all costs trying to avoid having to deal with life or to deal with other people in life. That is not what brings real peace. Some thinkers have suggested that to find peace, a person has to develop a self-sufficient independence, seeking peace through money, seeking peace through power, trying to insulate themselves against the difficulties of life, that that will bring peace. If they can just have a big enough bank account and a big enough house and enough insulation from any particular problems that life can bring. But yet, don't we see every day the news about people who are fabulously wealthy sometimes, would appear to have everything the world could offer, and yet they don't have peace in their life just because they can insulate themselves financially. In fact, many times they seem to have more difficulties and more problems. Epicurus was quoted as saying, peace is the absence of pain in the body or trouble in the mind. And so if you have a, a body without any pain or a mind that is not troubled in any way, you have peace. The Hebrew writers of the Old Testament un understood peace differently. The normal Hebrew greeting was and still is what? Shalom, shalom. This common greeting expresses a wish for everything that would make for the person's highest good. The Old Testament concept refers to serenity, 
the perfect contentment of life that results from complete happiness and complete security. In its basic nature, peace describes the perfection of relationships. So peace is the word used for human friendship. Jeremiah 20.10. Peace is also used for right relationships between nations, don't we? This is where we hear uh, the United Nations all the time talking about peace. And so we have Iran and North Korea and uh, nations like that sometimes lecturing us about peace. Uh, they sit on the Security Council from time to time. They, ha- they take their turn Not the permanent members, but it's just a complete joke when you have a nation like Iran or North Korea lecturing the rest of the world about peace. There's not going to be any peace with people who have no peace in their heart and have no desire for other people to have peace. Peace is the word that is used to describe our relationship to God. The Bible talks about Through Jesus Christ, we can have peace with God, right? So peace with God and the peace of God and peace in the home. I think most people would love to have peace in their home. And what a sad thing is when there's no peace in the place on this earth that ought to be the place of refuge. And yet that happens too. But God can bring peace. Peace into our lives as individuals. Peace among relationships between friends and family. The peace that Jesus gives was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Because what did he call the Messiah who would come? Jesus. He called him the Prince of Peace, didn't he? Jesus, for him to be the prince of peace, it means that people must make him king of kings and lord of lords. And when he is king of kings in your life, when he's the lord of your life, then peace will come into your heart. And that is the most important step to find peace. There is no real peace biblically apart from a relationship with Jesus Because Jesus came and died for our sins, that we might be in a restored, right relationship with God. And so we can have peace with God because the Prince of Peace stepped in the gap and took our sin and died in our place, paying the debt that we owed, the debt owed because God is holy and we are not. We are sinners. So how could we be brought together with God? The Bible says that through, because of our sin, we were at enmity with God. We were at loggerheads with God because He is perfectly holy. And as sinners, even one sin, and we, we at least me, have a lot more than one sin in my life. When we stand before God, without Jesus, there is no hope. That, that, that gap can never be bridged. I can never do enough to get rid of my sin. And so I am an enemy of God through my sin. I have set myself against God through sin. But when Jesus came into my life, he forgave me. 
on the basis of him dealing with sin for me. And he's done the same for you. So that now we are brought together with God. There's no longer that barrier. And of course that was symbolized when the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When Jesus died on the cross. There's no more separation between us and God now. Because of what Jesus has provided. There doesn't have to be. If we will receive his love and forgiveness. And then we can have peace with God. Peace is the gift of Christ. He spoke to his disciples just before the crucifixion and said, My peace I give to you. In John 14, the word peace is used several times. And this is the passage where he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And then later he says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He was able to say that because he is the prince of peace, the giver of peace. And so to you and me, the Lord perfectly is able to bring peace into our lives. Not something the world offers, but only something that God can give us through Jesus. Following his resurrection, the Lord bestowed the gift of peace on his disciples. It's described in John chapter 20. And here in Galatians 5, peace is said to be the fruit of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Did you know you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit? The indwelling of the Spirit happens once. And it happens at the moment you receive Christ into your life. Why, can, why do we say that? Because... Who is the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of God. And so if Jesus comes into your life, of course His Spirit is in your life now too. He has bestowed His Spirit upon you. You are indwelled by the Spirit. That will never go away, never change. You can then be filled with the Spirit over and over and over again, meaning that you give your life over to the control of the Holy Spirit. You submit to the, to the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit day after day after day. And that is what we must do as Christians in order to fully experience what this fruit of the Spirit is. And so... Never forget, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit and then you are filled with the Spirit repeatedly as you submit yourself to Him. Commit your day to the Lord. Commit your way to Him. And His Spirit will guide you. And part of what He produces then as we do that is peace. In the moment of conversion, the moment you receive Christ, God bestows a new nature in your life. You are born from above. You are now a child of God. And his spirit comes to live within you. 
And that's how this fruit of the Spirit then can be produced in your life and in my life. So peace that God gives is not, uh, it's not stagnation. It's not being dead. It's uh, dead to, to things. It's not uh, just sitting down and doing nothing. You know, some people may think of peace as just being, oh, I'm not aware of anything. I'm not doing anything. That's not, that's not what the peace of God is. The peace of God that passes all understanding that God gives you through his spirit is a peace that settles your spirit because the Lord is with you and he's in control of your life. And you can be in the middle of the worst circumstances and know that you have this peace within. And that's what Jesus was talking about to his disciples. He knew they were about to watch him die. And he wanted them to have peace. To know that even in the midst of that, that the, the plan of God was being carried out. And we don't have to be afraid. We can trust him. We can rely upon him. And so in your life, when you have experienced the worst of times... I hope that you have this settled sense of peace that comes upon you, that, it, that the Holy Spirit gives. And you think, how can I get through another day? And the Holy Spirit helps you get through another day because he gives you the strength and the peace that you need to be able to put one foot in front of the other and go on knowing that the Lord is in control. And someday... We'll be in the face-to-face -face presence of the Lord, won't we, in heaven. And there won't be anything but peace there. Because we won't be dealing with all of these difficulties and disappointments and pain and grief of life. The Holy Spirit, having entered your heart, is now able to give you peace that passes all understanding. This inward peace not a life of selfishness and dissension, not being controlled by a divisive spirit or by an envious attitude, but rather a peace to know that you belong to God and God is in control of your life and you can just rest in Him and trust Him. You've known people who don't have any peace in, in, their, in their spirit, in their heart. They have no peace. Everything is turmoil. Everything is, is chaos. The Lord wants to bring peace into your heart. This is how Paul was able to say, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Whether he was in a prison cell or whether he was experiencing a wonderful moment in life, he had a settled peace because the Lord was guiding his steps and was in control. And the spirit can produce that peace. A peaceful spirit. You like to be around people who have this peace. Because they help bring peace to the world around them. Not chaos. Not divisiveness. Not pain. Not hurt. But they're a reflection of the peace of God within them. And they help to radiate that peace to other people. God wants to use us. To radiate that peace. And that's the Holy Spirit producing it in your life and mine.
It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit made us aware that we needed Jesus. The Holy Spirit, you see, convicts us of our sin, convinces us that Jesus is our Savior and leads us to give our life to Him. And then He produces this peace that only God can give us. And so the peace, it's peace with God, the peace of God, and the peace that passes all understanding is all given to us through the power of Jesus Christ and His Spirit present in us. The Holy Spirit will help us focus our lives on the things of eternal significance. And that will bring peace. That will help us to find the peace in this world that God wants us to have. Because we know what really matters. And we're spending our life on things that matter the most. Not on junk, not on stuff that's going to be here today and gone tomorrow, but what is going to be of eternal significance. And that in and of itself will bring peace because your life has meaning, it has purpose, it has great value. And so let the Holy Spirit, as he works to continue to help produce this peace in your life, let him be in control. Let him do his work. Do everything you can to cooperate with what he leads you to do. And to do that, it means you don't want to quench the Spirit. So if you have the urging of the Holy Spirit to do something, to say something, then be obedient to that. Don't throw cold water on it. And on the other hand, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, meaning don't do things the Spirit is saying, stop. Don't do that. Have you, ever, have you ever had that thought? I mean, some people say it's your conscience. You're about to say something you shouldn't say. You know you shouldn't say it. And then that little voice goes off saying, don't do that. Don't say that. You're going to be sorry if you say that. Well, if you're a Christian, it's the, whole, the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, don't do that. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And as we don't quench the Spirit, we do the things the Spirit wants us to do, and we don't grieve the Spirit, we stay away from what the Spirit says, stay away from that. Then He produces this wonderful peace. Love, joy, peace, and all the other qualities that only He can produce. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Let the Prince of Peace, by His Spirit, Produce this peace in your life and through your life. Bring peace to the world around you. Would you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for your peace that only you can give. And that you will give that to us when we put our faith and trust in you. And then as we submit our lives to you day by day, your spirit is at work to give us this, this peace. We pray, Lord, that right now in this time of invitation, if there's someone here who needs to make a decision for you, we pray that if you've laid that upon their heart, that they'll be open and willing to follow your direction. And we will rejoice as you lead and direct in each of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here. And we trust you now to lead us as we sing this 
hymn of commitment together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.